From Bowling Green State University and the Institute for the Study of Culture and Society, this is BG Ideas. I'm going to show you this with a wonderful experiment. You're listening to the Big Ideas Podcast, a collaboration between the Institute for the Study of Culture and Society and the School of Media and Communication at Bowling Green State University. I'm Jolie Sheffer, Professor of English and American Culture Studies and the Director of ICS. As always, the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of BGSU or its employees. Bowling Green State University and its campuses are situated in the Great Black Swamp and the Lower Great Lakes region. This land is the homeland of the Wyandotte, Kickapoo, Miami, Potawatomi, Ottawa, and multiple other indigenous tribal nations present and past who were forcibly removed to and from the area. We recognize these historical and contemporary ties in our efforts toward decolonizing history, and we thank the indigenous individuals and communities who've been living and working on this land from time immemorial. Joining me in the studio are Dr. Christy Fell and Dr. Neil Jesse. We'll be discussing their recent Team Taught course, which was supported by the ICS Team Teaching Program. The goal of the ICS Team Teaching Program is to encourage interdisciplinary innovation in curriculum and pedagogy. Dr. Fell and Dr. Jesse brought together politics and cinema in a course on contemporary migration in Europe and the United States. Dr. Christy Fell is an associate professor of German and has previously served as director of international studies. She was the founding director of the Global Village Residential Learning Community. Her recent courses have focused on Turkish-German cinema. Dr. Neil Jesse is a professor of political science who received the Professorship of Teaching Excellence Award in 2018. He teaches a large range of classes focused on European politics. Thanks for joining me here today. Could you tell us a little bit about the new course you developed and what your goal was for thinking of it as a team-taught course? Yes, sure. So Dr. Jesse and I have a long history together, having worked together in international studies. He really helped design that uh, program and the interclass. When we talked about the class, first of all, simply the topic of migration is a really important one. And I have found in my teaching, particularly when I've done the Turkish German cinema and talked about the presence of minorities in Germany, that when American students look at what's happening in other countries, some of the injustices and inequities become obvious to them in ways that they might not be so obvious in the home culture, right? So looking at international migrations, it's it's sort of putting a lens on issues that happen in many different countries. And what you find when you look at migration, whether from a humanities or a social science perspective, is that there are patterns, you know, and there while the cultures of the individuals involved may be different, both the sending countries and the receiving countries, the reasons for migration are very similar. The challenges in receiving countries are similar. And so these were some of the things that we wanted to highlight. Neil, would you tell me a little bit about uh, your goals for team teaching and this course in particular with Christy? Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, it was the first team taught course that I'd done here at the university. Um, I've known Dr. Fell for, for two decades. So uh, she and I had been talking about teaching a course that crossed over between the humanities work that she'd been doing and the social science work that I've been doing. And, uh, you know, we got together and proposed something that was quite alien to me, which was marrying a film uh, with a very substantive topic such as global migration. And so, 
you know, it was it was encouraging. Uh, I thought this would be a great idea. Uh, we put it together. We decided to do it. You know, it it it, it was a great success, and, and I found that. You know, one of the things about uh, team teaching that I hadn't anticipated, of course, was the way in which everything, you know, there was a lot of synergy inside the classroom that I think really elevated the course. Could you talk a little bit about, you know, maybe an example from your course syllabus of why and how a, a particular political or social context was really essential to grounding the film that the students would be watching? Hmm. Excellent question. Uh, I think... One good example, and then we spent many weeks talking about it, was uh, the crisis in Syria. Uh, after the Civil War and revolution after the Arab Spring of 2011, there was a large migration uh, from Syria and Iraq and other places into Europe. And the in, in social sciences, we developed a lot of theories uh, based on you know, the what pushes and out migration from places, but also what encourages in migration into, into different countries. And uh, I brought some theories that were based on social economics uh, to show that societies that had successful capitalist economies with it, it with expensive labor and thus the need for cheaper labor, but yet a robust set of social services, so places like Sweden or perhaps Germany, um, would become destinations. And thus, you know, when Dr. Fells showed films of Syrian, you know, migrants in Germany. Uh, I had already kind of prepped the way for the students as to, you know, why Germany? You know, why why would they want to go there? I mean, they could they could it wasn't the first place refugees would 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 get to. They'd get to Italy or Greece first, or go through Turkey and then Eastern Europe. Um, but it it kind of helped the students understand that this story that they're seeing that is clearly a narrative that has dramatization um, that is pulling them into the into the topic, that behind it all were these rather broad theories that that we have developed for centuries <laughs> in social science. So uh, that that's one example of, of of the way in which we were able to put those you know put put those two together in, in that in in a way that gave the students a greater understanding than than they would have gotten if they just taken a course with me and I just did the social science <laughs> or taken a course with with Dr. Film and only got the the film. So it it really worked. What were some of the skills you wanted students to develop? And how did you create a course structure and assignments to hone those particular skills? Well, it, it, first off, there's a collaboration between Dr. Fell and I on, on what our objectives were and how we wanted the students to get there. One of the beauties of, of a team-taught course and one that goes across these you know, two broad disciplines was that students typically develop, for instance, in my courses, argumentative skills, the ability to write, um, critical thinking, and a, and a lot of that is derived from reading text. And in humanities courses, they tend to delve deeper into personal stories. They tend to go into the value behind things. They see the context. Uh, and putting these two together was difficult. I mean, it, it really was to create assignments that would work. And so quite often we would develop things where you'd have to see the film, give some sort of literary critique of it, or uh, Dr. Fell would often give them literary terms that, you know, from from you know, film theory, and, and they would have to talk about that online, mainly in discussion sessions or in class, in ways that were not highly structured, so the students could explore. But then we would give them, uh, you know, written assignments that were more closer to what I have done in the past, in which they would have to start linking actual theories to things that, that they saw, uh, and thus bring those things together. It, I can't say it was always successful, and I think it was much harder for us to grade than I anticipated, <laughs> because uh, you know it's we we were stretched out of our comfort zone as well as the students were. Uh, but but that's what we tried to do, uh, and there were other assignments too that kind of 
kind of tried to do that. We had a very nice-sized class last fall. I think it was uh, last spring. I'm sorry. I think it was about 15 or 16 students. And that meant in a 15-week semester, we could actually have each student do an individual presentation uh, once a week. And so I assigned them additional films that not everybody watched. And so one of their skills um, from this angle was how are you going to present a film to people who haven't seen it? And I wanted them to get away from what people typically, you, you see, everybody watches movies, right? And there's a typical way of watching, which is plot and character focused, and the typical way of talking about as well, this girl meets this guy, and then they do this and that, and at the end they get together or they don't get together. And that's not how I wanted my students talking about film. I wanted them to identify what are the themes of this film? How does it relate to the major topic that we were talking about? So for example, uh, when we talked about the so-called Syrian refugee crisis. Um, I call it the so-called crisis because in Germany they accepted about a million refugees in a country of 80 million people and it's a, a um, wealthy nation and so it wasn't really a crisis, it was a challenge. So um, we had some films dealing with that, and then we had uh, an additional documentary that just looked close up and told one person's story. So I wanted the student reporting on this other film to not just stand up and say, okay, this is a movie about this guy whose wife is already in Germany and da da da, and they do these things, but rather to talk about how it was constructed. The man in the film ends up kind of playing a victim role. And I also wanted the student to be able to question that. You know, is it, I mean, obviously it's very, very difficult from a human perspective to be waiting two years separated from your family. But who was actually to blame for that, right? So it's this type of skill that I wanted the students to get and to be able, for example, to pick out one or two scenes from a film and have the skill to be able to decide why am I showing these scenes? Right? Why this scene? It, it, why is this pivotal? Or why does this include information that the class really needs to see? We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Big Ideas Podcast. Question. Answer. Discussion. If you are passionate about big ideas, consider sponsoring this program. To have your name or organization mentioned here, please contact us at ics at bgsu.edu. Hello, and welcome back to the Big Ideas Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Christy Fell and Dr. Neil Jesse about how culture and cinema are tied to European politics. What was your process for collaborating? Because one of the things with the ICS team teaching program is there's a long lead time, right? When you first may have an idea, but there's time built in to kind of workshop it together before you actually deliver the course. So how did you work together? Well, there were a lot of emails and a lot of sketches of a syllabus. And I also remember that we were when we were doing this, of course, ICS and your team also had feedback. And one of the first comments that we got was, this is too much, right? This is just way too much. 
To which my response was, okay, but we've made a syllabus with, I don't know if it was eight or nine units, so that we can choose from that. And so what's kind of fun for me is that, and perhaps fun is the wrong term because migration, if you're the person migrating, that's not fun. I should be clear about that. Um, but as a teacher, what is, let's say, interesting is that there are so many individual cases that one can look at that depending on what's in the news, depending on what's interesting me at any given point, we can switch that up. It took months to kind of sort all the pieces together for the syllabus and exactly what we wanted to teach them, what we wanted them to see, what we wanted them to read, and the assignments. And and I must say we were ambitious right off the bat. We I think we ended up paring back some assignments I initially had because it was it was going to be very difficult to deliver at all. We as the course went on, we started thinking, well, less is you know if we do less well, that's better than too much, not quite as well. Um, but one of the most fascinating things was was as we we're delivering the course because it was the first time we'd worked together uh, in a classroom. We started modifying what we were doing once we realized what the strengths of the other person were. Like like Dr. Fell, um, she's very engaging in front of the classroom, and she's able to take, you know, a lot of the film sources, her knowledge of the countries and the languages, um, as well as other cultural things that the students were interested in. Like we had a couple who were very interested in music and some in musicals and. Uh, she could at times take a portion of the course and really expand it on the spot, uh, whereas most of the material in social science, it's not quite as easy to do that. And so we often found that each week we would talk on a Monday to figure out what we we're going to do that week, but we would modify as we would go and go, hey, that really worked. Let's do that again, you know, the next week. Or uh, there was one time I came up with an assignment uh, around Oh, identity and ethnicity, trying to link concepts of social science concepts of ethnicity and primordialism and versus instr instrumentalism versus collectivism, excuse me, constructivism and everything, and got the students to think about, you know, this in ways that they hadn't before. And I just, in the classroom, I hadn't intended to do it and just did it. And then later we reviewed it and we said, hey, that worked. We could do something like that again. So there was a lot of lead up. A lot of work done there, but then also a lot on the fly in the classroom where, where we figured out what really worked um, as it went. So it, it, it did modify as, as, as the class went on. What were some of the challenges of, of developing this course and of this sort of collaborative process that might have been more improvisational than is typical? I, I think, you know, some of the challenges that we found were there was a lot of time management that went into it when you're used to controlling a whole classroom yourself uh, and then realizing, okay, I'm going to have this much this time and this much this time. And, and we never wanted to step on each other's toes, particularly when somebody was doing really well. Uh, I mean, one of the big advantages of team taught courses is you get to see another, you know, professor go ahead and shine in front of you. And, and, and then you just, all of a sudden you find yourself going, Hey, I don't need 45 minutes for mine. I'm going to let this go. Uh, and so one of the challenges is actually managing that because sometimes you, I found myself turning more into a student where I'd be like, I really want to enjoy what Dr. Phil is doing here. Um, and like, hold on, hold on. I got to get, bring this back. Um, I mean, another one was keeping the students cued in as to what we were doing was more difficult than a normal classroom because you are trying to synthesize two separate things together. And sometimes it would seem to work and the students would follow and sometimes maybe not so much. And trying to see it, like trying to gauge it in the students was more difficult than a normal classroom. You know, in my classroom, I 
the material that I teach, I've taught multiple times. Uh, I know when it's hitting the mark and when it isn't. I, I, I know the response to look for. I know the questions to hear from them. The other challenge, and this I found to be rather fascinating, was the set of students were, were different. Um, the students that I had known who had taken classes from me previously or I knew were kind of political science or history related, I, I knew how they would respond to the material. But then there was a whole set of students who were really into humanities and probably had taken a lot of humanities. And they were in the International Studies program too probably. But it was, it was strange to see when, when you start talking about something that usually gets a good reception uh, and then have students start tuning out. And you're like, oh, hold on here. Uh, I have to remember that this isn't just a team-taught course, but in a strange way, it's also taught to two audiences at the same time because uh, they're in there. And, and, and that was a challenge. I, I know I had to figure that out, and I expressed that to Dr. Phil. I was like, wow, hold on here. The students following you around are a lot different than the students who've been following me around, and now we got them in the same classroom. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it, it took some adjustment. The beauty was that as each of us lectured, the other person would raise their hand. Sometimes I forgot to raise my hand. Um, but, you know, we would interject things and say, wait a minute, I've read X, Y, and Z. And is that true? And how do you see that from your perspective? And some of the feedback that we got from the students was that this was actually their favorite part of the class, was hearing the two of us go back and forth. And, you know, one that I remember is that we were talking about... Um, the various issues in Central America and how the official Catholic Church tended to support the dictatorships, whereas the um, liberation theologians, some many of whom were Catholics, right, but they were a little bit of an oppositional movement within the church, and they would be supporting the people, the indigenous people, the union movements. And, uh, you know, one day I just asked Neil, I, I said, you know, so why do you think that the church was on the side of the dictators? And he simply said, oh, well, it's just well known that religious groups always support the strong man. And it just blew my mind. And it made a lot of things about our own country fall into, I won't go into that in any further detail, but it, it made a lot of things fall into place for me that I just hadn't viewed in that way, because I really was looking at this more from a theological and faith perspective. And he was really looking at it from the realpolitik perspective of you have an institution, the church, which wants to remain in power and be aligned with those who are in power. And I, that was just a real aha moment for me. It's so interesting because part of what I think you're talking about, the pleasures and what the students found so compelling about this course, was the fact that you and Neil were modeling that kind of curiosity and inquiry, right? Um, whereas, you know, in our day-to-day -day life, often we are teaching the same course that we have taught for years, and we know that material really well. And so we don't have quite the same experience of discovery and questioning. And when you're in the same room with someone who brings different uh, experiences in, new things arise. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he and I, you know, have a comfort level that we weren't like trying to impress each other. It was, we just weren't afraid to ask the, what might have seemed like silly questions. And I do hope that we modeled that for students because that's how you learn. I, I think it gave them a broader, it gave them a broader appreciation of both the material because they, they saw it, you know, all the way from the, from the prospect from, from the perspective of an individual um, in accounts that are literary or narrative 
uh, dramatic to the kind of macro level things that I was bringing into the classroom about this so that students wouldn't be solely focused on, hey, I got a story of this individual who came from Afghanistan and, and okay, and, and I'm talking about, okay, the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan and the American invasion of Afghanistan created these effects that are similar. Okay. And so, you know, I think it allowed them to see that whole range. The second thing that was really nice is it allowed the students to talk to each other. I found that the students who primarily were of a humanities type and the ones that were of the social science type that may not have always been in the same classroom uh, and in roughly equal numbers talked to each other after the first few weeks and they began to learn from each other so that we wouldn't even have to do as much teaching. We were able to, to kind of get insights on things that we normally don't go towards you know, because we're just not, we're not taking the time to do that. We're in our own disciplines and, and so... Um, yeah, that was part of it, too. It really was. Like I said, the feedback that they got was that they just really enjoyed seeing us interact. And of course, in particularly before and after class, we would also talk about maybe university politics, career issues. And I think it was interesting for them to see their professors with our like outside of class concerns. And it's sort of a step beyond seeing us as people who have maybe families and pets, but seeing us as people who have a professional life outside of that classroom. And um, of course, Neil is very much in demand for interviews with TV stations. The Ukrainian crisis was breaking right when this happened. And so very often there were a couple of days when he just simply had to leave early or arrive late because he was giving an interview for a TV station. And so I think they sort of saw us in action that way and got a lot more institutional context um, so I think that that was probably interesting for them. If there are other faculty members out there who are listening and are thinking about applying for their uh, team teaching uh, support, what advice would you give to them? Oh, do it. Absolutely do it. Because it's just so much fun. You know, um, honestly, part of my motivation for doing this was Neil. It wasn't an abstract, gee, I'd like to team teach with a political scientist. It was that I already had a relationship with this faculty member who's a very busy person. And so it was a chance to spend more time with uh, this person. And the, the process of the team teaching is just a lot of fun. You learn a lot. In, in fact, Neil and I have talked about turning this into a book, possibly. So, I, th I mean, that's my advice is just, just do it. Just do it. It's a, it's a great experience. Uh, it's, it's a little scary. Uh, it's something that normally is, is outside of my comfort zone and maybe outside of others. Uh, but it's incredibly rewarding. Uh, it's, it, was, it was a welcome break in the normal routine that we do. And it also was a great way to open my eyes to what was going on uh, with Dr. Fell's classes, with humanities in general, with our students. It, it gave me a new perspective on students too and how much I'd seen, I'd, I always see a narrow set of them rather than so much of them. And so I, you know, I, would, encourage, I would encourage faculty members to give it a try. Uh, one advice I would give is that to, to realize that in your normal classroom, you tend to avoid the failures that you've done before and thus, you know what you're good at and you end up doing it most of the time. In a team taught course, you are going to realize that you're going to start failing again uh, because you don't really know how this is going to work. You don't really know what you're going to do. And that, that is, that's actually one of the benefits <laughs> because then you, it's almost like you're a brand new teacher again. You, you, you realize, hey, that might work. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> um, 
but it's a but it's a pretty safe environment to do it in because I know the students realized and Dr. Phil and I told them this is the first time we've team taught this course. It's the first time we've taught this course. It, and they were they were appreciative of our efforts to actually bring them something. So, you know, that would be one of one of the suggestions is to go into it with an idea that you're going to be out of your comfort zone. You are going to fail things, uh, but that it's going to be a good experience doing that. And, you know, and, and the fact is I, I worked with someone who who I taught with someone with, whom I'd worked with for a couple of decades. And that, that actually helped because I know Dr. Fell very well. And, and so, you know, Chris and I go way back, uh, particularly in the International Studies Program. And so it was comfortable. It was, we knew that we weren't going to be stepping on each other. We knew we could work with each other. Uh, and I also would advise that, you know, don't, don't just go completely out of left field and just grab someone you don't know. Uh, find someone you do know uh, that, that at least then could provide kind of a rock or a foundation. But, uh, I mean, I certainly would do it again. Uh, it's, you know, with all the scheduling conflicts we have all the time, it's so hard to work it in. Um, but I would do it again, and I, you know, I would suggest to others that they give it a shot. Any advice for students who are um, either about taking a team talk course or about kind of ways that they might productively get out of their own comfort zone and learn in the way that you did? Um, I, I encourage them to go ahead and and try these courses. I, it's what's funny is I think because it's kind of these courses are kind of experimental, you know, because they're they're usually I don't know how many have been done multiple times, but a, a lot of these I'm sure go once or maybe twice, and and there's a lot of first time ones out there. I think students would really, I think a they would learn a lot from them, but I think also it's, I mean I mean they get to see something special. They get they get to see something that isn't you know, offered all the time here in a rote way almost. And, and I hate to say that. I don't imply anything is rote here at BGSU. But they're not seeing something that, that pretty much is carbon copied one semester to the next. Uh, they're getting to see something that is where the instructors really care about the material. I mean, Dr. Fell and I really cared about this material. And we really wanted the students to learn. And I think that came through. And so, you know, I would encourage students listening to this to, to try these courses. I think it's a very safe way to take a course uh, because the instructors care about the course. They clearly, clearly they do. And not that instructors don't normally care. But when I think instructors teach this course, I know I did, I know Dr. Fell did, we really cared about it. <laughs> we really wanted it to be good. Uh, and, you know, and I think students, if they want to take a course like that, that's, that's beneficial to them. I think that, you know, if you see instructors who care, uh, will produce a course where they'll learn more and, and they'll like it more. I guess one thing that I maybe did notice in our class, because it was cross-listed, they could take it either under a political science number or an international studies number. And I would say that in this first iteration, there was a little bit of a tendency of students to view one or the other of us as their professor, right? Like if they were taking under the poli-sci number, then Neil was their professor. And those students maybe could have taken more advantage of me and vice versa, you know, that, so I would say that for the students, really embrace the interdisciplinarity of this and really embrace the fact that, yeah, maybe you joined the class because of a pre-existing relationship with one faculty member or because one of these subjects is your major, but what you really should be getting out of it is that other field that's being brought into the class because you know your main field already. So learn from that other person. You are teaching this class again, but solo this time. So how has that team teaching experience 
sort of shaped how you plan to teach this without Neil every week? Well, one thing I can say is that I'm slightly relieved that the class that I'll teach on my own won't have a political science number, so I don't need to pretend to be a bad political scientist. Um, My class will be dual numbered with international studies and world, which is my home department. I'm definitely keeping his book, um, the migration book, because I've, I've read it. That brings uh, some of the interdisciplinarity in, uh, let's look at this from a social science perspective as well as a humanities perspective. And of course, this is something that we're always doing in the international studies program to begin with. Um, that major and that field in general is viewed as a social science field, but at BGSU we're very conscious of trying to bring the humanities into it. And so, yes, the class that I teach on my own, I hope, is going to be that much richer because I had the opportunity to teach it with Neil. Anything we haven't touched on that you would want to add? Um, well, I'd like to thank ICS for giving us this opportunity. Um, I, I I never imagined that it actually would happen, uh, and I, I'm very glad that I was able to do it. Uh, I think, you know, at BGSU, we have a lot of constraints on, on what we can do. You know, like any university, we're stretched for staffing and, and, and the normal semester-to-semester problems. Um, but thinking outside the box and having programs that allow faculty members to do this uh, improves us here, and and you know, and again, I, I think that whenever we allow faculty members to be creative uh, in putting things together, whether they're a hundred percent successful or not, uh, it just improves the overall instruction on this campus. I mean, I, I I tend to think that I'm a better instructor now, having done it, uh, and thus, you know, again, I I thank ICS for giving me that opportunity. To learn more about the ICS team teaching program, visit bgsu.edu forward slash ICS. Listeners can keep up with other ICS activities by following us on Twitter and Instagram at ICSBGSU and on our Facebook page. You can listen to Big Ideas wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us on your preferred platform. Our sound engineers for this episode were Randy Kyle and Damon Dotson and Marco Mendoza, with audio editing by Deanna McKeegan and Marco Mendoza. Research was provided by Sophia Mikalski with editing by Joe Aliyah.